It's not that I believe that everybody should have him. It's that I believe if the cops are going to have him, then I sure as hell am. You know what? I don't. What I don't want is a world where the conservatives and the cops are the only ones with guns. Hello and welcome to Here in LA, Koreatown edition. Today we chat with Sabrina Johnson. Sabrina is an activist, a personal trainer, a weapons expert, and a co-founder of the People's City Council. When we recorded this, she was still employed at a Culver City gun shop. But time flies so quickly that since then, the shop has been bought by the city and all the employees are now free agents. So if you like what you hear from Sabrina, and odds are you will, feel free to gainfully employ her. We chatted it up at the Robinson Space in Virgil Village that the group holds community events at and meetings. And you can hear uh, the space also has podcasting rooms. So if you need anything like that and you live in uh, East Hollywood or Silver Lake or K-Town, go check out the Robinson space. Speaking of K-Town, we'll talk about that too with Sabrina. So let's get ready to meet Sabrina Johnson. Hey everybody, I am here kind of in Koreatown with Sabrina Johnson. What's up? We are actually in the Robinson space. Yes. Is is that what you're really going to call this going forward? This Well, yeah, it's not on Robinson anymore, but it's still the same it's still the same concept and it's still the same idea and our, you know, our official unofficial leader is Robin. So, you know. You do have a leader. Yeah. Antifa has a leader. Well, I'm just I wouldn't call her the leader okay. of Antifa. Let's rewind just a little also, bit. Also, wait, 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 wait. Go no, ahead. No, because we got to talk about this because you, I did listen to your to your um, <laughs> episode with Richie. Yeah. And you said the official unofficial leader of People's City Council. Was him. I take issue with that. I take issue for two reasons. Number one, it's just that's not how people. Why has it got to be a white man? No, that's not why. <laughs> But that's just, number one, that's not how People City Council works. Like, we don't have a leader. But also, I think that that really undermines what Richie actually does oh. for us. And I would, I think it is it's probably correct to say that he's like a mouthpiece. Yes. But Richie takes so much heat. He does. That the rest of us don't have to take. And yeah, he is a white man. He's a cis, straight, white man, whatever. Yep. Um, but you know what? The rest of us in P- People City Council are not. Okay. He's the only one. Okay, so hold on. Let me just okay. tee it all, all right. up. So, because not everybody has heard that episode, not everybody knows who he okay. is. Okay, all nope. right. I bet you a lot of people who are going to be listening to this don't even know who People City Council is. So let's start from the beginning. Oh dear. We are here in the Robinson Space, which is in Virgil Village, um, really close to um, Courage Bagel and Squirrel. <laughs> Concerns about jam and mold specifically. <laughs> And we're talking to Sabrina, who's one of the co-founders of People's City Council, which was news to me. I didn't know much about the backstory about this group until I talked to Al. And Mm. so that was very enlightening to me. People's City Council is probably the loudest activist group in L.A. Very far left group. Would you agree with all these things so far? Loudest? Uh, Yeah. yeah, Are people louder than you? Yeah. Well, no, probably not. Okay. And um, you guys, as a group, are probably best known for going to city council and raising hell, mm. which is why I like you, 
and why I think a lot of people like you and uh, why in Al's episode, he said so many people donate to you guys um, during Black Lives Matter um, because from afar, we saw you guys as the people who are really going to City Hall, getting on the mic, pointing at these people, insulting them, telling them what you want, and sometimes getting arrested, sometimes getting beaten, all these things. And so I really admire all of you guys, and it's great to be back here because I want to know more about this story, this story of this organization. And so anytime I'm wrong, please correct me. No, that's all, that's all I very get nice right. to hear. You're stroking my ego right now. <laughs> Am I? You sure are. Okay. So Al told me um, in an episode, a couple episodes back, that um, that you were one of the co-founders and that there's yeah. basically about 10 co-founders. Would you agree with him on that? Not all of them are still part of People City Council. Some people have moved on and we've certainly brought others on, but we're, we're a pretty closed group mm-hmm. um, and we keep it tight. Um, but yeah, I was one of the first ones, Al, Richie, uh, Nicole D., you know, you know, yeah. Great. So you mentioned your unofficial official leader. Mm. Who's that? Can we name her? Who, Robin? Yeah. Well, Robin's not a part of People City Council, but this is actually a space that we share with um, Lensco. Robin's the, Robin is um, the founder and the head of Lensco. I don't know what that um, is. So Lensco uh, works, is a nonprofit that works with, uh, in youth homelessness. And then we also have Polo's Pantry, with Melissa, who you met earlier, yeah. um, who works out of this space as well. So this is a shared space between oh. actually three organizations. So you guys are kind of... And it's a community space. So are you communists or socialists? Mm, I'm not. I'm not any of those things, personally. <laughs> uh, there, we have some communists and some socialists in this. But group, in a way, this say. is kind of a commune, is what you're saying. In a way, you know what? I think Robin calls it a third space. It's a uh, a space that's not work or home, but a place where people can come and it's it's been a lot of things. It's been an event space. It's been a co working space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a space where people can come and record podcasts. God bless you. Thank you. God bless them. Um, so, you, know, yeah. you know what's crazy is even though I cringe anytime somebody tries to put me in a box, I put people in boxes all the time. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, so you guys are communists. I'd never, ever put myself in the box. I, I mean, <clears throat> people have asked, oh, so you're a communist. Oh, so you're a socialist. You're an anarchist. You're yeah. this, you're that. I've never put myself in any of those boxes. I've never even registered to a political party. That's I, smart. I, I Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. Um, but I just, I cannot stand all that. The, the, the need to label something. Yeah is is wild and and of course i'm i'm a member of the what, what do you want to call it the lgbtq plus community uh-huh. myself and even i like shy away from labels people are like oh are you are you bisexual are you gender fluid are you what like what are you i don't know man i you just, don't know i i mean i uh i don't think i have to oh yes you do no i don't <laughs> i'm just kidding well, let's, let's my let's life, start, Tony. Let, let's start with that then. Let's start with that. Sure, because you wanted to talk about it. I love talking about about alternative because because alternative is lifestyles. Ooh. I do because I grew up in the suburbs of Illinois. Yeah, where I got shit for just wearing a leather jacket. 
They're like, ooh, Mr. Ooh, tough, he's guy. Punk, Mr. tough Guy. Mr. Tough Guy. This cost ninety nine dollars. Your hair back. I, well, I had a huge afro at the time. Nice. But um, but I was like, I I'm not trying. I mean, maybe I, I was sixteen. I think it was cool. I thought it was cool. But like, even then, you really couldn't step out of like the traditional thing that was going on in your little town. And so that's one reason I moved to LA as fast as I could. What time period is this now? The day after high school graduation. No, no, I was no, 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 Oh, the no, 80s. I'm an okay. old man. All right. Very old man. But the first thing I saw in LA was punk rockers, girls kissing girls, boys kissing boys, holding hands. And I was like, I'm probably never going to hold the hands or kiss a guy. I ended up doing that once in college. Cool. Who didn't? But the vibe is you can be yourself. And nobody's yeah. going to give you any problems. And that's why I love LA and why I love California. And so when people tell me they don't know who they, they really, what box they fit into sexually, my mind is blown because that is the opposite of where I grew up. Hmm. So here's some questions I have for you then. Okay. Let's, let's read them off. When you were first, when you were going through puberty, did you have crushes on both men and women? Or at that time, boys and girls? Uh, believe it or not, my first crush on a girl was in kindergarten. That, right? Actually, no, I'm sorry. My first crush on a boy was in kindergarten. My first crush on a girl was in first grade. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as you grew up, mm-hmm. did you have any LGBT role models? Did you have any friends that you could talk to about any of this? Um, I mean... Yes and no. Um, not not anybody I felt like I could talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I grew up in a small town. In Connecticut. In Connecticut, yeah. So maybe it was a lot like in Illinois, where you can't really be... Uh, maybe. Connecticut's pretty pretty dang liberal. Good. Um, and they will say, oh yeah, you know, we're, all, we're okay with... Uh, it's very... We're okay with alternative lifestyles. But when it comes in their, their own family, it's a little different, but... Yeah. Um, or in their own town, it's a little different. It's very much of like a. It's also like a kind of like an I don't see color kind of place. Very li- very liberal, quote unquote progressive, but it's like a. You know what I'm saying? Keep it um, to yourself, kind of thing. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Um, so I um, I kept it to myself. I mm-hmm. something something inside me just knew like this isn't something I should talk about. Huh. You know, and I um because nobody else was doing it in high school or talking about it in high school. Pretty much, yeah. And the people who were were getting made fun of or or, were they? or not, maybe not getting made fun of, but definitely getting bullied in ways. Hmm. Um and then, you know, my mom actually came out. My mom and dad divorced and then my mom actually came out when I was like 13. What? Yeah. And it was it was a good thing, very good thing for her. Yeah. Um, but some of our family had a hard time with it, uh-huh. right? Um, and so for me, in my mind, I was like, now I can never come out because people are going to blame my mother. But you can't even come out to your own mom? I didn't for another three years. Okay, so hold on. Until I was like 16. So, you, so she came out when you were 13. Yeah. That must have been... But I knew from the time I was, you know, very, very young, I knew that I liked girls, but I was never, especially after my mom came out, I never thought I could come out until I, you know, met my first girlfriend. 
Were you close with your mom in yeah, your teens? Yeah, extremely close. Extremely, all growing up, extremely close with my mom. So so at 13, I imagine she came out to you guys first, her kids and her family, right? I'm, I was an only child. Okay. Yeah. So she, this was a, a private conversation first, right? Before yeah. it spread to the family. You didn't want to raise your hand and say, me too, mom? No. Really? No, I, it, well, first of all, that's, that was her moment. That was her, you know, she was, she was telling me in, in one breath that she was divorcing my dad and, and that she was, right. you know, going to be with a woman. And, and, you know, honestly, there's a lot more that went into that divorce than just the fact that my mom was gay. Like, let's put that out there. Okay. Um, my mom and dad love each other very much. They're still very good friends. They were not right for each other as a couple. Yep. Um, very normal. So very normal. There was a lot that went into that divorce that was not my mom being gay. Yeah. Um, but I was a 13 year old kid and I was still like, Holy shit, my parents are getting a divorce. Right. This is huge. And then my mom is marrying a woman. So, um, this oh, is a uh, lot to take in. It was a lot to take in. And also it was her moment and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be that brave myself. And I also right. wasn't, I was that, that awakened another fear in me that if I did ever come out that, that folks who didn't like my mom would then blame it on my mom that I was gay or folks right. who didn't like gay people in general would then blame it on my mom that I was gay. And I, and, and in truth, I knew that I was gay before I ever knew that my mom was gay. Right. Which, which is why this, this drag queen business is ridiculous. Right. Nobody can groom you. Yeah to want to do things you don't want to do in your heart, mm. right? Exactly. It's, it's, boy, <laughs> there's, that's a whole conversation that could take more than an hour. Right, Tony. of course. But, but, but what I want to tell these homophobes mostly is who groomed you to be straight? And could yeah. that person groom you to want to make out with me? Doubt it. Well, you know what? Straight people, I mean, a lot of straight people are groomers and they normalize the sexualization of children. If you look at early interviews with Britney Spears, look at, go back and look at when Britney Spears was a, was a small child and she was getting interviewed by men. Yeah. It was disgusting, the questions that they would ask her. Yep. I, I, there was one where like an old man was like, do you have a boyfriend? And she was like, no. And, she, and he was like, can I be your boyfriend? And oh, it's like, God. that is, that yeah. is just... Come on. Did you come out to just your mom or they were split up at the time? So did you get them both in a room? No, actually, my mom's wife. You told her first? Told her first. First, yeah. You were close to her right away? I was dead. I, I, well, we definitely had our problems because I was a teenager, you know? Yeah, of course. I was a teenager and she was coming in. She never had any kids. She was coming into this family and she went from zero to teenager as a parent. You know what so I'm she saying? Was try, she was trying to be your mom, quote unquote. Well, no. But she was trying to be the adult. She was trying to be the adult and she was also trying to win me over and, yeah. and be good to me. And she always has been good. And to the point where my mom always says that I'm more like her than like either my mom <laughs> or my dad. She's like, you're more like Lisa than, than you are. Like are they still together? Dad. Yeah, they're, they're still together. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love them both today. I love all of them to death, you know? And I, like I said, my mom and my dad are still friends. My dad and Lisa are friends. My dad's wife. They're all, they're all friends. They go to baseball games together. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Did it just slip out with your... Oh, no, it was very intentional. I actually was, uh, you know, in high school, I was, uh, I was into theater. Uh-huh. And my hometown actually has a very, um, very good community theater where people come from out of town to actually audition and, and do plays in this theater. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I was, it was To Kill a Mockingbird. I was auditioning for the role of Mayella. Are you familiar? Not at all. Okay, so Mayella is the white girl that like wrongly ac- accuses a black guy of, oh. of assaulting her. Um, and, spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Um, it's an old book. You should have read it. Um, but anyway, I was auditioning for this role and I had met this other girl that was auditioning for this role and, um, I got it and she didn't. Her brother was also in the play and, um, I had, you know, she was, she was cute. I liked her and, uh, her brother was also in the play and I started actually going out with him (gasps) because we're in the play together. And then, um, you know, at some point, when I, you know, I was going over to his house, having dinner with his family and stuff, and at some point, um, his sister was just like, look, I like you, and I was like, yeah, I like you too, um, and I, you know, I had to tell him, his name was Sean, I had to tell him, that's his real name, by the way, (laughs) shout out to Sean, he's a, a total G, um, so I had to tell him, and he was like, it's totally cool, I had a feeling, and I knew that my sister liked you. Also, I'm kind of into this other girl, so it's no big deal. And he, and he was like, I can keep picking you up. He was a little older than me, and he drove a car. So he was like, I can also keep picking you up and bringing you to my house. And Sean. that was like that was like the deal. Sean, my man. Sean. Shout out to Sean. Um, so <laughs> he would pick me up and bring me to his house. And eventually one day I was like going to... Um, I had, I had met their, their father. I, I was eventually one day I was going to meet their mom and I was going to like go over there for dinner and I was going to be a little later than I normally would be. And I called home and Lisa answered, my mom's wife answered the, uh, the home phone and the landline back then, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I told her, you know, Hey, I'm going to be late. I'm going to dinner with, you know, Sean's mom and this and that. And, uh, at the end of the call, I was like, uh, by the way, I'm not actually dating Sean. I'm dating his sister. Can you tell mom and dad? Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hung up. Wow. That's how I came out. Yeah. Coward. Coward mm-hmm. to the very okay. end. First of all, 16 is so young. Yeah. It's so young. Like we don't think that we're that young when we're 16, but as an Uber driver, sometimes I pick up 16-year-olds, and I'm not, we're not supposed to. You're right. supposed to be 18. You're a baby. But it's so clearly obvious that they are 16. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do we give these babies driver's licenses? Like, they are so young. So give yourself some credit. It's First of all, relationships of any age are scary. And family dynamics are weird, no matter what age you sure. are. And so you were you were traversing all of those things at the same time. And it's funny that you just dumped it on her. <laughs> she was ready for it, though. I was like, hey, you want your big parenting moment? Here you go. <laughs> so, okay. So Sean's parents, how did they react to my son is no longer dating her? It's our daughter. Was the daughter out yet? Um, I think kind of like, mm-hmm. like they kind of, they kind of knew not that my parents didn't have a clue. <laughs> Look at me. I mean, <laughs> we're okay. We're, we're a podcast. So you've got very short hair. Yeah. You've got, I didn't always, but I've always been a tomboy. You've got, yeah. You've got a, a tight shirt on shorts, uh, some Air running matches. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of look like you just came off of, uh, actually you kind of look like an undercover cop right now. 
You know, I get that a lot. <laughs> I get that so much. People ask me all the time, are you in the military? People have thought I was a cop at protests before. I have like a, I mean, the haircut is, is, the haircut a, it's a crew is cut, right? But, but also your posture. I get that a lot. Yeah. It's like you have a gun in your back pocket. I don't, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So did your first girlfriend have this look too? Did she look like a tomboy? No. No. She, very girly. Yeah. Interesting. Married to a man now, I believe. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of them are. A lot of my exes. Well, you know. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. You're just figuring yourself out. Also, she might be like you. In in that, yeah. there is no box for me. I don't. Yeah, I don't like to put people in boxes either. Yeah. What age were you when you moved to L.A.? Oh, I was much, much older. I had been married and divorced by the time I moved to L.A., yeah. Man or a woman? A woman, yeah. Really? Yeah. In Connecticut? In New York. I, um, I, I went to school in, in central New York at a SUNY school, uh-huh. you know, state school. Um, if you're familiar with New York at all, the SUNY systems, kind of like the Cal State system. Barely know it exists. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's that place over there. So anyway, yeah, I went to a SUNY school. Uh-huh. And I married a girl from up there, and we were together for almost, well, you know, almost eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, had a house and, and all that, and then, really? you know, divorce, sold it, and then a buddy of mine from college was like, hey, you know, I got a job for you out here, like, it's cool, like, it's fun, they're looking for folks, I've got a project I'm working on that I want you on, so, you know, why don't you come out here for a while? And I was like, yeah, fuck it, I got... <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa. I got, sorry, Grandpa. I've got nothing to lose. I was like, I got nothing to lose. So, um, yeah. and I and I'm not somebody who um, I don't like to say no to adventures because mm-hmm. I'm. I have a my biggest fear is is going through life and not doing all the things you want to do in your life. Right, I like that. That's good. That's my biggest fear. So I'm not gonna say no to an adventure like moving to LA. You know, so that's why I came out here. And then shortly after that, I got involved in politics and stuff. So. Right on. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Still want to talk about the gay stuff. Well, of course, but, yeah. I'm, but I'm not going to. <laughs> what, what, what's on your bucket list right now that you, oh, ha- wow. that you have yet to accomplish? Oh, there's all kinds of stuff on my bucket list. But I, um, so I actually have a, a rule, a birthday rule. It started on my 30th birthday. And so it's been seven birthdays now at this point. You're 37? I'm 36. You do not look like that at all. Thank you. We need to go to the gym more often. If this is what 36 looks like, you're yeah. doing very well. Yeah, well, I wear By the sunscreen. Way, she, she, she brought me, and thank you, yeah. she brought me a, a double smash burger and a, and a tall boy Modelo. Yeah, from uh, Bluebird in K-Town. Which Shout we're, out. We're going we're gonna to talk about uh, K-Town in a minute. Sure. Beers and hamburgers make you look... Young? Um, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I, I think I, I have a, a young look, and it, it is my blessing and my curse, right? Because people are like, I've always looked very young, and people are, are like, oh, you're going to, this is going to be, I, I, I was getting carded, you know, well into my 30s, and people are like, you're going you're gonna to appreciate this when you get older. 
But, you know, the other side of that coin is that a lot of times that people don't take me seriously and they think I'm just a young person, especially in the political world. People do not take me or my opinion seriously at all. And that's why that's part of the reason why I'm so loud, because I have to scream to get anybody to freaking pay attention to me. Right. And uh, yeah, they think I'm, I, I get all the time, oh, you're just a kid, you know, you'll feel differently when you're older, oh, oh, your mom and dad probably still pay for everything, what school do you go to, shit like that. Wow. And, and it's so, fr- it, that really does get under my skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's how, actually part of the reason why I wanted you, I, I changed my mind at the last minute and I wanted you to come to my house to record yeah. this. Um, of course, we're here at the Robinson Space because you have other stuff to record but uh it's very hard for me to live up to grandpa's standard right now i'm just (sighs) grandpa it's just it first of all it's a different century yeah yeah yeah, this is this is a different century and so i mean we're gonna curse a little i was a poetry major and so words are very important to me and um but words change Mm over time mm-hmm. or they mean different things like grandpa could probably say fag in his time no problem i don't think he, he ever did i don't he's not that type of guy but he may have called a cigarette have, one i don't think he ever smoked either he's a very he's very straight laced dude mm-hmm. despite the fact that he was a rocker he was he was he's been in a band my entire life he's been in bands How yeah about that? plays the guitar okay but so anyway. Gra- grandpa we're gonna swear a little bit we're gonna swear a little bit also we're drinking so we're gonna we're going to be a little loose. It's okay. It's going to be okay. It's fine. Um, okay. But yeah, that's part, part of Look, the reason I wanted you to come to my house was like, there's this this idea around people's city council that, oh, we're spoiled little kids and our parents pay for everything. And then I was like, I, I initially was like, I don't want you to come to my house because it's a little inconvenient and it's maybe a little embarrassing for me because no. I, I have a very small apartment and it's not in a great building and and but then i was like you know what maybe he should come over because we can dispel some of that myth like does this look like the kind of place that my parents are paying for (laughs) what part of koreatown do you live in i live in the area of like the normandy and third street okay uh, hold on interchange third third hold on third is this way normandy why do I know Normandy? Oh, it's halfway between Castle uh, Burgers, Cassells, Cassell yeah, Burgers, Cassells. That's a nice place to have a burger. I mean, so near the Lion Hotel, a little classier kind of. than Bluebird, but is it? Yeah, well, I this mean, Bluebird is really good. Bluebird's good. How much does this Bluebird uh, double burger go for? It's nine bucks. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah, it's it's a good sized burger. It's also like Bluebird is actually, I got to tell you, it's, it's a convenience store type of place. It's not like a, like Cassell's a sit down restaurant and yeah. you can go there and get a, get a drink, get a cocktail or, you know, something like that. It's in the Normandy hotel, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool mm-hmm. place, very hip. And I love their food, but I have a ritual on Tuesdays, which today is Tuesday. Whoa. Am I not supposed to say that? No, no, that's so, fine. But today is Tuesday. I have a ritual on Tuesdays. This is my day off. And I, on Tuesdays, I walk from my house to Bluebird and I get a, it's a little convenience store down the road from my house. I get a Bluebird burger and I get a tall can of beer. Today it's Modelo. <laughs> and so I was like, Tony is interrupting my ritual. So instead of cancel it, I'm just going to include Tony in my ritual. I, I am so lucky. This is, this is why. First of all, I so so appreciate the the gesture. Mm. 
But these are two things I would never eat today or drink. Really? I, I'm not a drinker. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had my past. It's not like I don't like alcohol is what I'm saying. Well, I love it's my alcohol. day off, so you have to drink. But I also don't eat double red meat burgers. Yes. And so this is a splurge on both of those, and they're delicious. I am glad. So good. I'm glad it was worth it for you to mm. splurge. Well, I may have to do it more often. I like to break bread with people, too. You know, you're, you're in... You're in the Robinson space. We're having an intimate conversation. Yes. I like to break bread. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Also, it dispels the myth that um, the people city council slash Antifa slash whatever the people want to call you are just these hooligans with no manners and they're anarchists, like you were saying <laughs> earlier. And my experience of the few who I've met are the opposite. You would never know... You would never know what, what the political leanings are unless you look closely. There's no upside down flags in this place. There's no Chairman Mao posters. There's not even an Obama poster. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> there would not be. Because he's not punk rock enough for you, right? He's not punk rock enough. Right. You know what? And, I, and I, I'm ashamed to say, but my, actually my first, my first like foray into organizing was uh, I did a summer fellowship on uh, Obama's re-election campaign. Why yeah. is that embarrassing to you? Um, because if I look back now mm-hmm. on the things that he, the things that he said during the campaign versus what he actually did in office, yeah. that bothers me. And that's, I think, a, a central tenet of the, the people's city council is that like, yeah what people say in campaign and then what they actually do in office are completely different and we need to point that out and we need to make people aware of that because i think people too many people too many politicians just skate by Mm -hmm. on what they said they were going to do versus what actually happened right and and what what i bet you that people like you and the groups that that you belong to, you're watching politics very closely. And so you hear yeah. all of these promises and you, you see the promises evolve and maybe fade out near the end. For example, Hugo was totally an abolitionist at the beginning of the campaign, but he kind of like toned it down as it looked like he was closer to winning. And now he doesn't say anything like that. And so yeah. I think for somebody like you, it probably hurts you more because you, you, you hear these promises more. I don't know if it hurts me more. Um, it, it's there's definitely been times in the past where it hurt me, <clears throat> Nithya. Um, but <laughs> there's well, definitely been times in the past where it hurt me. But I think you know, it's rare that I actually really take somebody at their word. Ah. Um, and you know, every once in a while, somebody fools me. Yeah. Um, I get I get hope. Right. Uh, on somebody that I maybe shouldn't have hope for. But um, that's not to say that I don't still like Nithya is a great person. And I that's mm-hmm. not to say that I don't still have hope for her in office. But I've definitely been disappointed with some of the things that have happened so far. Put it that way. I, I have too. Yeah. I interviewed her while she was running and I was blown away by what she had to say. I, I felt like she was our version of AOC. I thought she was going to be this punk rock liberal. Mm. And um, and I think the people of Los Feliz kind of freaked her out when they wanted to recall her almost right away because of homelessness, something that she had nothing to do with, you know? And so, um, yeah, they acted like that encampment really like popped up right after she got into office. And when in reality, like it's, it's been there. They they almost acted like she built it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is your fault. Oh yeah. 
But yeah, I, I so mean, I, so look, I she, she she faced a lot of a lot of challenges. But you know what? A, a lot of us took that that same heat. You know, there were mm-hmm. folks of us. The, Albert and I were named in a the Los Feliz Ledger as being oh these are Nithias people. These are going to be the people who are running things when she's in office. And um, it, it's first of all that's ridiculous to think that because I like canvassed for a candidate for a right. little bit that. I'm going to somehow have like a direct line to them in office, but, yeah. um, but, but also it's just, you know, like we're all taking that heat. It's not like you're the only one taking that. He's not like council members are the only ones taking heat from Los Feliz Ledger or even LA times. We get named in the LA times. We get, mm-hmm. you know, we get heat from all over the place. So Los Feliz Ledger, RIP. RIP. <laughs> nice. Rest in right? piss. Right? <laughs> that woman lost her shirt oh, God. on that thing. Good. You know yeah. what? She deserved it. She did deserve it. I mean, on one Is hand... name Allison? Something I don't remember. I, don't I never had to work for her. You but know what? It doesn't matter what her name was. She's it doesn't matter. But she did help uh, some young journalists who I appreciate get their start. Okay. And, and that's kind of the sad thing about journalism today is there used to be tons of Los Feliz ledgers around the country. And um, people like the LA Times would swallow them up and do nothing with with that territory. And Los Feliz was one of the, the last places that had an independent newspaper. Was it reflective of the neighborhood? No. Hmm. But at least she was employing young journalists. Um, but I'm glad that she went under because that paper turned into something that... It, didn't used to be. Yeah. Which is sad. Sad. <laughs> Very sad. I'm I'm actually crying. You can't you can't tell. But I'm okay. actually shedding a tear. So let's let's switch over to sure. actual LA City Council. Yeah. Um I also I'm literally taking my hat off to you because when I worked at the LA Times, a lot of politicians would tell the reporters you know, Angelinos should should be more civically minded. They should come to these meetings. They should tell us to our faces what they want. They they shouldn't just write letters to you guys. They shouldn't just whine on Twitter. They should be come. careful what you wish for. Huh? And then you people showed up, <laughs> unorganized. You people. It doesn't it feel like this was, like, you were all attracted to City Hall. You all saw that mic, and you all saw these people, mm-hmm. and you all without being organized yet, came to City Hall to talk. Well, I wouldn't say we were unorganized, right? Like, we all were with different organizations before we were with People City Council. So this is like an Avengers? People City Council is like the Avengers of activists in L.A.? I wouldn't say that, but, you know, I'm glad you did. So you're Wonder Woman? Which one are you? Wonder Woman is not in the Avengers, Tony. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're the witch? Are you the Red Witch? Uh, maybe. Who would you be? Who would I be if I was an Avenger? Oh, wait a second. Would Probably you be... the Hulk. Really? I'm, yeah. I'm always angry. <laughs> do you, do you, do you enjoy, like, physical activity? Would you beat do somebody's I, ass? If... Do I enjoy physical activity? Yes. I was a personal trainer. Uh, that's what I went to school for is exercise science. Would I beat someone's ass? I don't know if I've... I haven't won a, a fight since like seventh grade. <laughs> Once the boys started to get bigger than me, it was all over, man. You were I fighting got my the boys. Ass kicked. 
Well, I'm not going to fight the girls. Why not? Because we don't do that. We don't do that. Men want to fight. Women don't want to fight physically. Women want to, like, ruin your life in the most subtle way. Um, <laughs> men don't know how to do that, so they want to fight physically. I, I can't tell you, and this still happens to me today, like, men just want to fight me sometimes for no reason. Huh. Yeah. It just out in public, too. Like, at nightclubs. Men will, like, bump into me on purpose, and I'll think it's, like, an accident, and then they'll bump into me again, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? Men want to fight me. And I got to tell you, I have not won a physical fight since I was, like, in seventh grade. Yeah, I get my ass kicked a lot, but then, um, yeah. Okay, we, we got to segue now quickly <laughs> to your real job. My real job, yeah. This is why men should not want to fight you. Where's your real job? I work at a gun store. Right. Yeah, now. Now I do, since, since after the pandemic, since when I lost all my clients, yeah. So, so COVID hurt your personal training business. Oh, yeah, big time. Because the gyms all closed down for a long time. And then they reopened and closed down and reopened and closed down. Mm. It was bad. Uh, also, I on your Instagram... I didn't have a lot of time to, to to Instagram stalk you. Sure. But it looked like you were doing a lot of your training at the West LA Equinox. I did work at Equinox uh, when I first moved to LA. I worked at the Century City Equinox, and then I worked at the West LA Equinox. Um, and I did not like it. Also, they take... I can I I don't think I signed an NDA with Equinox, so I think I can say they take a lot of your money. Do you? They take a huge amount of your session price. It cost like $130 an hour to work with me, and they took over 100 of it. No. Yes. Yeah. You were only getting paid 30 bucks an hour? Yeah. And, 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 and when, I had a, when I had a session. And, and this Any is other a, time I was there, I either wasn't getting paid or I was getting minimum, minimum <sighs> wage. Yeah. And this isn't a situation where you tip your personal trainer, do you? No, the people don't, too. I mean, you get like, um, sometimes you get Christmas presents and right. stuff from your clients. That's nice. That's nice, but you don't tip your personal they trainer. They take usually. that much? They take a huge amount. Wow. A huge amount. And, and all gyms do. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of gyms do. I don't know much about any gyms. <laughs> Although I did, I did uh, when I was at the Times, I was um, tasked to write a column about losing weight. And yeah. so I joined that gym. Equinox. In uh, West LA. Nice. The Sepulveda one. We may, maybe we crossed paths and we didn't know it. I was in, I was in the sauna a lot. You were in the sauna at Equinox. I loved the sauna. Interesting. Because I've I, heard that I've heard some stories about the men's sauna at Equinox. What What have you heard? I've heard that that's better than Grinder. That's not my my experience. No. What I would do is I would work out very poorly for about forty five minutes, and then I would take a, a beautiful shower. I loved mm. I loved the shower. Kiehl's products. Yeah. Hot water. All this stuff that oh. I don't have in my stupid crappy Hollywood apartment so nice and then I would go into the sauna and I would put a towel over my head and I would try to meditate it's something I can't do mm -hmm. but then men would come in and talk business and talk about they would brag mostly about the women sure. their money their cars and I would just listen I'd had the towel over my head and I would just listen and I loved it because these are kind of frat boys and century city lawyers who whose circles I don't run in and so it was just fascinating listening to their 
stupid frat boy stories. And then I'd get back in the shower and go home. Yeah. I did not see or hear any of the stuff that you talked about. Interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've definitely heard some stories about the sauna at Equinox. The men's specifically. <laughs> uh, ladies sauna, I, I don't think that kind of thing happens, but um, yeah. You guys are just kind of just talking about... I, you know, I, I rarely talk to other people in the sauna, and I don't hear a lot of women talk to each other in the sauna either. Huh. This is a just more intimate conversation even than I was expecting. Um, but yeah, no, if, if I go to the sauna, I generally, people are kind of quiet in there. Huh. I actually almost got in a fight in the sauna one time. <laughs> this girl was listening to music and her headphones were like broken or something. So she was just had her like music playing yeah. and it was not relaxing music. It was like, it, it was like workout music that yeah. she was playing. And I was just like, can you put your headphones in? And she was like, do you want to buy me new headphones? And I was like, you know what? I was done anyway. <laughs> Wow. I'm out. Okay, so you work, anyway, at a, you work at a gun store now. I work at a gun store now. Have you always enjoyed weapons? Um, I did stage combat for a long time. Um, you know, I was in theater, and I did stage combat, and I was a professional jouster for a while. <gasps> yeah, I was. <laughs> After high school. Between high school and college, I was a professional jouster for a couple of years. Yeah. So you could have worked at Medieval Times if you wanted to? Yeah. Yeah, I could have. So it's that kind of stuff, like yeah. long swords and... Yeah, yeah, it's horses, everything, yeah. You ride a horse with the, the jousting? ride a horse with the, with the lance and hit The lance. Other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all theatrical, you know. Some of the lances were made to break uh-huh. and others were not. They were made to, like, make a big hit. And my job, essentially, was to fall off the horse. I was like, I had played, like, an underdog character where you'd fall off and you'd kind of get your ass kicked for a while and then, all you know, you'd come back from behind to win the day. That was my job. I love it. Yeah. Did you have pads on underneath your oh, costume? Yeah. yeah, yeah, So you had, well, you had armor on, which at the time I was really small and I was in probably the best shape of my life. So I was, like, 125 pounds maybe mm-hmm. um, and wearing 65 pounds of armor. <sighs> and you have to have padding under that. Because otherwise you'll get you'll get pinched, you'll get bruised, whatever. So you're wearing the equivalent of a winter jacket, and then 65 pounds of armor. Wow. And then, you know, doing physical activity. Wow. Yeah. Okay, but I still don't consider those weapons. No. You're, no. Ju- you're talking about guns, guns. Real guns. Um, no, my dad had guns when I was growing up, oh. but um, I didn't ever really, I, I wasn't interested in them until more recently. What if the guns made you and your mom lesbians? You know what? Some conservatives should be shitting their pants right now because I think that's a very good theory. That's exactly what I that's want. A very good theory. Guns turn you gay. You know, I hadn't considered it before, that, but it makes a lot of if sense. If that Tony. turns out true, wow! Second Amendment's it's over. It's going to be a very different world. Yeah. Second Amendment's over, or homophobia is over. Either one. <laughs> They'll just embrace it. <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> Bill, get over here. You, what do you like better? Your guns <laughs> or your homophobia? Uh, when was the first time you shot a gun? Um, oh, it was a few years back. I think actually I was, uh, it was a friend of mine. I was in LA. I actually never shot my dad's guns until later, later on when I was an adult, but I was already in LA. I've been in LA for like eight and a half years or mm-hmm. almost. And, um, I was already in LA and I was, I was feeling really down and a friend of mine, another young girl, took me to... This is uh, not how the story's supposed to start. Wow. Well, 
I needed to feel, she was right to do this because I needed to feel like powerful in the moment. She's like, okay. you know what I need to do sometimes to blow off steam? And I was like, no, you're going to tell me? And she's like, I'm, I shoot guns. And I was like, okay, let's do wow. it. Yeah, so we went to uh, we went to the shooting range downtown, Los Angeles Gun Club, I think mm-hmm. it's called, and we rented a gun and shot, and it was fun. Um, and then I didn't I didn't really do it much after that. I did it a couple more times, but I didn't really do it much until I then bought a gun a few years later, um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, when a couple of other people, uh, <laughs> millions and millions of people, bought their first guns. It, it, yeah. th- th- that really did inspire a lot of people. Tons, people were yeah. afraid. Millions of new gun owners at the beginning of the pandemic. A huge panic. And I, I'm, you know, a little ashamed that I, you know, kind of took part in it. But at the same time, I was part of an activist group that was regularly getting targeted by the police. And, mm. you know, people were, you know, sheriffs were following Richie around and it was getting wild. It, people City Council is, is the group you're talking about? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sheriffs were following Richie around, parking outside of his house. For what, like, though? What was he doing? I mean... You can't go to City Hall and call him. You can assholes? go to City Hall, but the problem was he was also he was talking about the sheriff. So? He was getting you know he was getting in the sheriff's face. Yeah, so so right. so what? The sheriffs are big babies. That's what. And They're also, big fucking babies, Tony. Well, that's true. You know what's crazy about Sheriff Alex? He will write me back when I tweet at him. Sure, because he loves attention. But KDL won't. None of these other people will. Hmm. There's. I mean, other than... KDL has self-respect. He does? <laughs> well, he also knows he's doomed. He thinks very highly of himself, in fact. Does he? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Huh. For sure. Uh, I, sure think, Alex, I think... Alex does, has no self-awareness. That's no. what it is. I think he's also really lonely, too. Yeah. Like, he was the top dog for a little while. Yeah. You know? Because Michael Moore didn't want that smoke, but Alex wants it all. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Okay, what gun did you buy? Initially, I bought I just bought a couple of twenty twos. I bought a handgun and a and a mm-hmm. rifle, and then I wait wait wait. What kind of rifle? A twenty two, uh, a Ruger ten twenty two. I don't know anything about guns. I didn't it's know that a, rifles could be that small caliber. Yeah, yeah. So it's a I little mean, baby. That caliber buddy. was created for. It wasn't created for semi-automatic handguns. That, the twenty two long rifle caliber was created for. Um, little varmint rifles, you know, shooting like groundhogs and stuff. Not that I do that. I've never shot at a living thing in my life, but good for you. Um, but yeah, that's what it was. What it was for? It was for you know taking down rats. Yeah. What do you, what do you call them? Uh, prairie dogs. Yeah. Are prairie dogs bad? What they eat the they eat the crops or something? Um. Yeah, I think they mess with the eat the chickens. Maybe. No, they don't eat the chickens. I don't think. But they, I think they mess with the. They mess with the land. They mess with the crops and stuff. Why do I want a twenty-two rifle instead of a twenty-two pistol? Well, so the twenty-two caliber is the shape of the of the cartridge. Okay. Is it was never intended to go into a semi-automatic pistol, so it jams frequently, and it's a, it's not a great it, like it's a it's a good cartridge. I, I, don't get me wrong; it's great for target shooting, yeah. but. It's not a great cartridge for the semi-automatic pistol because of the shape of it. Mm. It's good in revolvers. It's good in rifles, but it's not the correct shape. If you look at it versus any of the other semi-automatic pistol calibers, 
nine millimeter, 40, 45, 32, 22, 380. They're all the same shape. They're all different sizes, but they're all the same shape. Okay. The 22 is not that shape. The 22 is shaped similar to like a 38 special or something that goes in a revolver. It was meant for an old school gun. Old school. It was not meant for a semi-automatic pistol and it right. jams up a lot. Which always blows my mind. Yeah. Because I feel like the gun manufacturers have all the money and power in the world. Mm-hmm. They can't make a gun that doesn't jam. Yeah, they can. It's but, just not but, a twenty-two. Right. So why keep making them then? Well, it's a, it's a cheap. It's a cheap caliber. It's a fun caliber. It's easy to shoot. It's not a lot of kick. It's good when you're learning or if you're just target shooting. It's not great for self-defense, but it's awesome if you're just target shooting because it's so cheap. You can put thousands of rounds downrange and only spend a few bucks. You know. How cheap are we talking? Uh, usually less than ten cents a round. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And it fits snugly in the back of your uh, pants. Um, the gun, the depends, gun ones. Depends on the gun. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't buy an AR-15. Not right away, no. <gasps> you ended up with one. I ended up with one. How much do those go for? Good ones. Well, aren't they all good? No, not all of them. Some of those jam too. A lot of them do. Again, these people—they have the money. To make them, they make shitty guns on purpose? Well, yeah, because people buy shitty guns because they're cheap. There's no way to make a, a decent gun. Yeah, there is. For a, a reasonable price? Oh, yeah, there sure there is. It's called a Glock. The Glock is the best value weapon, you'd say. I don't know if it's the best value weapon, but it's extremely reliable and it's extremely cheap. How much? I don't get paid by Glock, by the way. Uh, Do you get paid by any of these brands? No. Great. Um... <laughs> Uh, the Glocks are, Glocks usually run about 600 bucks depending on the 600 bucks and how much are the bullets? If it's a nine millimeter Glock, um, you're talking about maybe like 30 cents around in California, less in other places. That still seems pretty cheap to me. Yeah. Is Glock German? Glock is Austrian. Oh. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Funny because he actually is, a lot of people blame him for some of the really shitty gun laws in California. Because he allowed it when he was governor? Well, because he, yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of, a lot of people blame, well, like blame Democrats or blaming Newsom for everything, you know, that goes on with our gun laws. But a lot of the gun laws were enacted way before. They were enacted by Schwarzenegger or Reagan even. And And there's no way to reverse that stuff? Um, Don't we have a supermajority and a... Big, tall, handsome governor? We do, but the Democrats wouldn't reverse that. Politically, it's not expedient to, to like, reverse that. When, I'm ta- when I say shitty gun laws, I mean gun laws that are more restrictive than other states. California oh. has some of the most restrictive gun laws. Reagan And a did lot this? of those restrictions came from Republicans as well as Democrats, but... Good yeah. for them. Well... Well, what, what, what don't you like? Shouldn't, shouldn't it be hard to get a gun? It should, and I'm not saying, like, we have universal background checks. Every time you buy a gun, whether you've bought a gun before or not, we have universal background checks. That's a good thing. Right. But it is far easier to get your hands on a gun if you are a white male of European descent with a conventional name Oh. than if you are any other person Hakeem Olajuwon is going to have problems getting a gun well so here's a here's a thing like a lot of people who come to the United States or who are 
maybe first generation, their parents were immigrants or something, they will have a name that is not what they're, what they go by. Oh, right. You know what I mean? So your name, for instance, might be like, this happens in Asian communities all the time. Yes. In Asian communities, we see it a lot, even, even in, in Hispanic communities, Mm. um, your, your name might be something, but you go by John. Right. And John is what's on your driver's license, but it's not what's on your passport. It's not what's on your birth certificate oh. or your naturalization papers. And those things are things that you have to present mm. when you buy a gun in California. And if they don't match, sorry, you're buddy. You're getting a gun that day. Yeah. And, and it has nothing to do with how psychologically qualified you are to buy a gun. Yeah. Because I, I would say that pretty much everybody who walks into the shop is equally psychologically qualified to buy a gun in so much as you think any human being is psychologically qualified mm-hmm. to own a gun. Mm-hmm. The difference is who can get one. Mm-hmm. I heard that the loophole was private sales. That, that if I go to either a gun sales. show or if I just come to your house. Uh-uh. I can't come to your house? Well, you could, but I friends you, can't sell each other. No, really, you have to you have to complete that background check in California. Oh, you have to complete that background check. If if I want to sell you one of my guns, I can do that. Uh huh. But we both have to go to a registered firearms dealer. Good. We have to go to a licensed firearms dealer, and we have to complete the background check. Okay. Now, if your name is Tony Pierce Jr. Yeah. And your driver's license says Tony Pierce, and your birth certificate says Tony Pierce Jr. You're SOL, buddy. Wow. You're SOL. For a little while. We've got to work it out. Well, you got to work it out. You got to work it out, your documents. But yeah. but the fact is, like, the people that can get guns very easily, overwhelmingly wealthy white men. The mm. People that have a harder time getting guns, minority folks, black and brown people, poor people. Yeah. Um, women who have had multiple name changes right multiple marriages yep um and and a lot of times you'll see a a woman coming in um she's trying to get a restraining order against her ex-husband or something like that she wants to get a gun for self-defense and you feel for this person but she doesn't have the documentation to get a gun or worse her background check doesn't go through because she's got an open court case against her ex-husband because if you have open court cases that can affect your background checks it's it's the it's such a broken mm. thing and it doesn't benefit anybody but the the gun laws in California really don't benefit anybody but the rich people mm. because the rich people can still get their hands on guns um and everybody else can't so mm. if you want nobody to be able to get guns have nobody get guns fine but like right now that's not that's not the way that it stands Let's uh, let's go backwards a little bit in time. Mm-hmm. Oh God, if only. Your first time on the mic at City Hall was what? Oh, Do you remember? No, Tony. This is such a this is such a good story. Okay. <laughs> 
You're not supposed to say, oh no, and this is a good story. Oh no, because I got arrested. Your first time ever? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Does grandpa have to pause? Did you swear? No, grandpa, no. Well, yeah, I did. You swore on the mic? I did. I did. You know what? I was, at the time, I was organizing with a group called K-Town for All. You might have heard of them. I have. They do uh, outreach surrounding homelessness. Isn't it like a pink and a purple logo? Yeah. Yeah, a little hearts. Yeah. 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 I used to say, well, not that I like putting myself in a box, but I used to say I loved that logo so much because um, people would always like, when we would go to city, like when we would say things online or when we go to city hall, people would be like, these anarchists. And I'd be like, okay, well then at least they can't call us anarchists without acknowledging that anarchists are also warm and fuzzy. (laughs) Right. Um, But I was organizing at the time with a, with a group called K town for all. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were doing a lot of outreach, and we had just got into, like, doing policy advocacy and stuff. And um, a friend of mine, Jane Wen, who you might know. I met her the other day for the first time. She works in the controller's office. Isn't she chief of staff? She is chief of staff. She was in K-Town for All also. So it pays to be uh, an anarchist activist. Uh, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> well, at the time, she was... Um, she was in K-Town for All also. We actually met. This is That's a, that's a whole other story. By, did you, by the way, Media. did you hear us uh, bond, me and Jane? No, what? what? We're from the same part of town. Oh, yeah. You're both from Illinois. Yeah. 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 Like, we're neighbors. It would be that's like right. if you grew up in K-Town and somebody else grew up in, like, Little Armenia. You'd yeah. be like, no way in hell. And, and, you, and, and you're you, on the and other you met coast. on the other side. Right. Of, yeah, on the other side of the country, which has <laughs> happened. I've definitely met people from like small town Connecticut out here. Um, so you and Jane, and, okay. and and what's also crazy about Jane is she's so petite and so like soft spoken. Oh yeah. Is this the whole group too? Like, or, or is it just an, another Avengers where well, everybody's different? I, everybody's different in that group, but the main focus of that group was like charity work. You Aww. know, um, doing outreach and and giving people the things that they needed, mm-hmm. and we had only kind of just broken into like policy advocacy at that point. And she invited me to city hall to give public comment, which I had never done before. And she was like, "You're going to be great at it, no problem." Yeah. Um, and it was my first time even being in city hall, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, I was sitting there, and it was for eighty five oh two. I don't know if that you're one. You're not familiar with it's similar to four. You're familiar with forty one eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So eighty five oh two was the car the car dwelling ban when the the city council was making it. They were making it illegal to sleep in your car. And it actually, to be fair, these are things that have to be renewed periodically. This was a renewal for okay. eighty five oh two, which is ridiculous because they don't want you to sleep on the street. They don't want you to have a tent on the street. They don't want to pay for they don't they don't want public housing right but you can also can't sleep in your car anywhere and um so they're making it illegal to be asleep in your car anywhere in california or not california anywhere in los angeles yeah um and that was ridiculous and there was tons of speakers lined up from all these different organizations k-town for all street watch la can and all the heavy hitters of public comment were out like i think you know Q and you know like Pastor Q and and all kinds of other people were out there giving public comment and this is my first time and I'm watching what's going on while this line of like a hundred (laughs) speakers is is going up and every one of these people is giving like an impassioned plea and pleading with these people and like appealing to their humanity humanity and um 
And I got so pissed off because what are the council members doing? They're getting up. They're walking out of the room. They're ignoring. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They're allowed to do that? Yeah, they can just get up and walk right out of the right out of the council chambers. Oh. They don't even have to sit there and listen to public comment. They they will wander off, get a cup of coffee, take their morning deuce. Wow. Yeah, while you're giving public comment. Wow. Yeah. That pissed you off. It pissed me off so bad, Tony. Good. And I got up there and I was one of the last, if not the last speaker. Yeah. And I just lit into them and I was like, this I was like, number one, I was like, your jobs are not safe. I was like, <laughs> You sit here like you're on a throne and we can't touch you, but we put you here and like, we will take you out. And, uh, and I like, I cursed at them and I like threw a piece of paper, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then I, and I like stormed off and, and after all this, after a line of a hundred speakers and after, you know, me having my little tantrum, right. Um, they just immediately they just unanimously voted auto vote auto, they, a lot of these people have their things to set to automatically vote yes on stuff so they just voted to pass it no discussion no nothing wow they didn't even discuss not one single council member stopped and said hey i want to talk about this yeah they just did it and people were so like first i think like half of the people that were there were like in shock of like did they really just after all that yep did they really just do that and the other half were, you know, pissed off, but people were kind of like, okay, the thing that we came here for was over and people kind of started to file out the back. And then all of a sudden from the back, somebody who I'm not going to name, but somebody was in the back of the, of the council chambers and they shouted, shame on you really loud, like really loud. Good. And then all of a sudden, everybody who was like filing out, everybody was like, yeah, you know what? Shame on you. And it started a chant, shame on you, shame on you. And people were, then people came back and filled the pews shouting shame on you. It was a wild scene. And, um, the council tried to shut it down. They sent, you know, there's always LAPD officers mm -hmm. all over the council chambers. So they sent the LAPD out to push everybody out. And of course, this is my first time at council. I'm not used to this sort of thing uh, happening. And But somewhere in my brain, I was like, wait a second, they can't kick us out of here. We haven't done anything illegal. Yeah. We haven't done anything illegal at all. And they can just send the LEPD out here to kick us out? That doesn't, that doesn't seem legal. So I just didn't move. Good. I just stood there. And um, as you know, they're, they're pushing people out and people are starting to leave. I just stood there and they were not prepared for that. That was not a thing that people did at that point. And I'm sure, I don't think I'm the first person to ever do it. Like I'm yeah. sure people have done it in the past. Uh, I actually know for a fact that people have done it in the past, but it was just not a common thing. Like they, this was, now they see this every day. Yeah. But they didn't back then. It was, this was 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and so they put me in handcuffs and they took me in the back of city hall and I put my, I was so pissed. I was so pissed. And when I'm pissed, I'm petty. I'm so petty. I, they put me in handcuffs. I had my hands behind my back. They sat me down in this like swivel chair and I swiveled and I put my feet up on their table <laughs> and they were just like, who the fuck is this? Um, and I refused to answer any of their questions. And I, you know, I didn't know outside people were kind of freaking out. They were like, oh my God, our, one of our people got arrested and stuff like that and people were like gearing up to do like 
jail support and whatever. So I just didn't answer any of their questions. Good. Because I didn't have to. Because I didn't do anything illegal, Tony. Yeah. I, and right. I. They eventually they had to let me go. Why? They had to let me go. They couldn't. They couldn't say you disturbed the peace or something, and no, they put you in a it's holding. All it's all on camera. Right. That's just. That's all recorded. Did you give them your ID or anything? I ha- I I did have to do that. Mm-hmm. I. They were like, "Well, what's your name?" And I was like, "There's an ID in my wallet." <laughs> are you Are you arresting me and searching me or not? Right. What are you doing here, buddy? Yeah. Um, and I was really, I wasn't, I wasn't like standoffish. I didn't fight him at all, mm-hmm. but I just was very much like I, I acted, I was, I was a little bit amped up certainly. Yeah. And I was anxious, but I acted like I was over it mm-hmm. and I acted like they were dumb pieces of shit <laughs> and they honestly didn't know how to respond to that. And they just <laughs> let me go. All right. Life lesson. Yeah. When, when in doubt, treat the police like, like dumb pieces the dumb of shit. Pieces of shit, they are. Um, I mean, look, the guy, the, no, the the dude who ended up being like the the guy who would have arrested me. Um, he's at City Hall all the time. I actually know him. We don't have a. I, I don't. I don't think we have like a like a good relationship. But we don't have like an adversarial that much of an adversarial relationship. Mm-hmm. I think he he understands that I'm not there to, um, fuck up his day. Yeah. You know, I'm not there to fuck up his day. Rich, you might be there to fuck up his day. Nice. Um, but I'm not there to fuck up his day. I'm there to send a message. When yeah. I'm there, I'm there to send a message. And that message is either to the council members themselves or it's to the public that's watching. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you I, know? I used to see cops in riot gear at, at City Hall. That's happened a lot. And then they stopped doing the riot gear. Because why do you need it, Tony? Well, I would tweet that. I would I would say these people went through a metal detector. We went through a metal detector. I think I think they have to give you the, your ID, so you know who they yeah. are. You know they don't have weapons. What's with the riot gear? And so I think. I've been saying that. And this was when Michael Moore would actually write me back once in a while, mm-hmm. and and I would also tab uh, Steve Soberoff because I kind of know his son a little bit, and so um, I would CC him on my tweets too. Yeah. And, and I'd be like. I want to believe that the LAPD are brave. What's brave about wearing a riot gear in a building that you know nobody has weapons? Exactly. This is purely for intimidation or they're pussies. You know Which what? is it? <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to say that I was part of the reason why, but I bet you they got a lot of m- those kinds of messages. Oh, yeah. But you know what? When you have expensive toys, you're going to take any opportunity to play with them. And I'm sure they, just like when you were doing your theater, this is theater to them. Oh, yeah. They're LARPing. Yeah. They're LARPing. They think they're big heroes. So let's let's get into this. Squashing First Amendment rights. Let's let's get into this a little bit more. I don't see you wearing an ACAB shirt or t-shirt. I don't see it. That doesn't mean I don't have one. I don't see it in this space at all. It's It's there. Do you believe in... ACAB? Sure. Oh, you do? Yeah. What's what's your reasoning? So ACAB is all cops are bastards. Yeah. Why do you believe in ACAB? Um, I think, you know, it, it doesn't refer to cops on an individual basis, but it refers to the fact that there's no good cops in a racist system, right? It's impossible to be 
a good government thug. <laughs> right? That's what they are, though, right? They're government thugs. Mm-hmm. They're, they are armed brutes, which whose, whose job is to p- protect property and to protect the ruling class, right? Mm-hmm. They are government thugs, right? So just by virtue of being a cop, you can't be a good... There's no such thing as a good cop. Well, uh, an argument I heard was a good cop would also arrest bad cops. Right, and that And they never happen. do that. That doesn't happen. Or a good cop would rat out a bad cop. That rarely so, happens. So when you see... I don't know if you... I don't know how often you watch um, William's uh, Twitter account. Yeah, a lot. Okay, so the other day, he was getting hassled by uh, campus police. <laughs> I think at Hollywood High. Yeah. And this cop was saying, you were going 35. And William was saying, this scooter only goes 25. And he was like, and you don't have a helmet on. And he's like, do I look 18? You have to be under 18 for a helmet. Meanwhile, two other cops are watching this all happen. Right. And so to the point of whoever gave me that idea, a good cop would have told the bad cop, knock it off. Yeah. None of those things are illegal. And... Whatever your gripe is with this man, just tell him. That's what a good cop would say, right? Well, they wait because their job is not to truly, their job is not to uphold the law. And we've seen that with even with like mass shootings. Cops are not required legally to put their life on the line or to uphold the law. And, and what we their know job that, is is to make arrests. And we know that because at Parkland, the, the cop who didn't save the kids. It was Uvalde. Was it Uvalde the one? Uvalde, I think. They all got off because... Yeah. They were too chicken to go in. So we learned through that and, but cowardice they, yeah. that cops aren't required to exactly. do their job. Yeah. Which is weird. Exactly. Because that's not their job. Their job is to make arrests, right? And so even if a, a supervisor, and I've run into this many times, like you as a, as a citizen, you'll have to ask for the supervisor. And then the supervisor will come over and say, oh, you can't, you know, they're in the rights, they're within the rights, you can't hassle them for this. But the supervisor's not going to volunteer that. They're going to stay off to the side and see if that cop that's hassling you can get you to do or say something that allows them to arrest you. Therefore, that's a bad cop. Therefore, ACAB, right? Therefore, ACAB. Right. Therefore, ACAB. Because this their is- job is to put people in prison. That's it. That's their job is not to protect you or me. Right. Their job is to put as many people in prison as possible. Okay. Unless they're proud boys. Because I've also seen video those, yeah. in front of City Hall yeah. where Tony Moon and all these people are uh, sometimes assaulting people like Frank Stoltz of KPCC, one of the best sure. reporters I know. Um, why do you think they don't arrest proud boys? Because they're friends. <laughs> I almost laughed right off the seat. I don't kick my friends out of the Robinson space, Tony. (laughs) I only kick out cops. Yeah. You know, they're they're, not going to arrest their buddies. So they're willing to not do their job if it's people that they agree with. Yeah. But also, this is another another fun little loophole in California gun laws because there there are certain... Here's here's a thing for you. We know that a lot of cops are right-wingers, right? Yeah, the, of course. The head of the police union, Jamie McBride, he post, he's posted stuff on social media with Donald Trump shirts, and right. they're, like, serious right-wingers. And a his lot of daughter, too? Oh, his daughter's... His, yeah, he's killed multiple people. His daughter's killed multiple people. She's an influencer, by the way. She's sponsored by Glock. 
Oh. Yeah, she's a gun influencer. Do you feel weird liking Glocks because she likes them? Uh, I don't feel weird liking Glocks, but I definitely don't like Tony McBride. And she also, I think she works out of a place in... And I, fuck it, I will name this place. Uh, she works at a place called Terran Tactical. So fuck Tony McBride and fuck Terran Tactical. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Because? Because she shot multiple innocent people. There you go. And she gets to, what, hang out with Keanu Reeves because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he doesn't know this? I think he probably knows. So why He's got to know. So why is he hanging with her? Because he gets paid money to be in movies that she trains him for. Oh, that's that right. Yeah. So her role in Hollywood is to teach these people how to. So like John she's Wick. She's a member of SAG after. So John Wick is killing like a thousand people per movie. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, you really can't hold it that way. Well, yeah. Hold it that's this way. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. She teaches but, actors how to how to how to look realistic in movies. But yeah. couldn't you do that job? Could I? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could. I don't think I have as much, uh, experience shooting, uh, people as Tony McBride does. So she may be out. She's, she's maybe a little bit more qualified for that than I am in that arena. Comeback of the year. Thanks. That was beautiful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but here's this, here's the loophole I was going to talk about is that, um, so California has, um, what's called the handgun roster. It's a roster of, uh, guns that you're allowed to buy through a dealer in California. Okay. Right? Uh, if it's not on that list, and it's a little bit of an arbitrary list, and it's a little out of date, mm-hmm. um, but if it's not on that list, your dealer's not allowed to sell it to you as new or used. Consignment? Yes. Private party transfer? Yes. Huh. So if I, for instance, owned an off-roster weapon, and you wanted to buy it from me, I could do that. We could do that as long as we con- completed the transfer for a li- through a licensed dealer. No problem. Yeah. But guess who is exempt from the handgun roster? Actors? Cops. Cops? Cops are exempt from the handgun roster. They can buy anything they want for personal use. They're exempt from magazine limits. They're exempt from all of these laws. And then guess what? They can turn around and private party transfer those to their friends who are? Other cops. And right-wingers. Oh, those people too. Yeah, yeah. So we've got it. We've got it. And that. So our our gun laws that we've enacted under the under the guise of like safety and yeah. oh we have the strongest gun laws in the country. Uh, some of them are really bogus, and what? they really only actually benefit right wingers. Versus, and and they keep they keep other people from getting these guns. I'm so happy to be talking to you today. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Sure. We met a week ago. Yeah. And everybody was like, you've got to be on this show, which was embarrassing for me. What? I'm, I'm like, don't, don't pressure people. Oh, Don't no. pressure people. And then you actually followed through. Yeah. And you're like, when are we doing this? Sure. So thank you. You're welcome. In part thank because- Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. In part because of this. I love experts. And mm. you're, you're an expert on this. So, yeah. of the no-sell list, yeah, what's a type of gun that would be on there? So, let's go back to Glocks, right? Okay. So, um, 
Glocks have been around since the 80s or maybe maybe late 70s, early 80s. Glocks have been around. Uh-huh. Um, but there have been different generations of them. Right now, the, the rostered versions of Glocks are Generation 3 and earlier. But there are newer Glocks that have come out that are not only safer. Oh, good. But, um, you know, some of them are smaller, easier to conceal, better for women, et cetera, et cetera. Those newer generations are not on the handgun roster. So it's not that they're any... Oh. It's not that they're a more dangerous gun. It's not that there's anything significantly... Um, it's not that there's anything significant about the, these guns that we shouldn't have them. It's just that they're new. Huh. It's just that they're not on it. They haven't and done there's the new stuff yet. that's hot that people want to get. And that's the other thing is that there's new stuff. There's, there's this, this gun, 6-hour P365. It's a cool gun. It's a little concealed carry weapon. And, um, you know, it fits really well, especially in a woman's hand. It fits really well in your hand. It's ergonomic. People want that gun. And people are willing to pay well over retail for that gun because you can't buy it through a dealer in California, but a cop can, and then they can turn around and sell it for a profit. Huh. And cops were doing this to the point where the government had to step in and and because you're not allowed to turn a profit on guns unless you have a federal firearms license. Oh, really? I mean, you can sell your, pri- your personal property, and if the value's gone up, the value's gone up. But cops were buying up off roster guns and then selling them for a profit on the private market they were flipping. because you can they were flipping them uh-huh. um and so the government had to step in and be like okay we're gonna track all private party transfers from law enforcement officers now oh yeah this is blowing my mind because yeah. i was under the belief that anything regarding guns was very difficult to make laws about because people are so uptight about it, and you don't want to be the politician who is soft on guns or too hard or whatever it is. Like, I feel like politicians are afraid to say anything yeah. negative about guns. Yeah. Well, they can say it. They just can't enact laws. But you're saying that there are laws. And there are tons of laws. That makes me Especially happy. in California. Good. I mean, it's good. Some of them are very, very good. Like, um, we have a law here in California that if you are 18 years old, you cannot buy a handgun. You cannot buy a semi-automatic centerfire rifle until okay. you are 21. Good. No matter what. And if you are 18 years old and you want to buy any other kind of gun, a shotgun or a hunting rifle or something like that, you must have a valid hunting license to do it. Good. But no matter what, hunting license or not, you're not going to buy an AR-15 at 18 years old. You're not going to buy a handgun at 18 years old. You can't do it. You can't even buy, technically, you can't even buy handgun ammunition when you're 18 years old. Good. And that's good. And that has, you know, that, that has led to us being one of the lowest per capita states for mass shootings. Right. In my opinion. Also, I'm sure um, that impacts that's uh, gangs to too, it. right? I, can't, I mean, there's no r- real cause and effect, like, correlation yeah. to draw, but I, I, there's a correlation, and I'm making the conclusion that right. that's why. Right? Um, but, yeah, the 18-year-olds shouldn't have... No. But, but, I, but I bet you that impacts gangs, too. Because now every gang... Cause my belief is that they're usually young. Yeah. They're teenagers and, and stuff. That means any gang with a gun, it's an illegal gun. Uh, not necessarily. Well, if they're You'd under 18 surprised. or if uh, they're yeah, under if they're, 21. If they're under 18, yeah, they sh- they're not supposed to have. Right. That doesn't mean the gun wasn't obtained legally by a friend or family Right, but, but, right. but I'm saying it's like, yeah. it's not impossible, but it's harder. Right. And now you may not get uh, thrown in jail for shooting it, but for having it, you right. are in trouble. Yeah, I don't, I don't. 
I don't love drawing that correlation because then the you know the what conservatives always like to tell me when they come into my store is like well criminals aren't getting their guns through the legal channels anyway why do I have to jump through all these hoops right you know why do I well oh yeah like a criminal is gonna come in here and do all this and it's like yeah actually usually people get those guns through straw purchases which is where somebody who is legally allowed to own a gun comes in and legally buys it and then gives right. it to somebody else so yes there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through because we're trying to prevent that it's not like people are it's not like breaking bad you know where people right. are going out and and finding and, and paying triple the price for a, a gun that already has a serial number scratched off mm -hmm. like somebody bought that gun and scratched off the serial number well kyle rittenhouse's mom bought him the gun yeah knowing that he couldn't yeah yeah so i mean yeah some of our gun laws are appropriate and 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 i think good things that should be enacted across the whole country um and then other parts of our gun law are straight up racist oh yeah because well, of the, like names. the name thing the names. and then you know there's also just the stuff that you have to produce like a lot of times lower income people don't have that stuff to buy a handgun you have to produce uh, what's called a proof of residency. That's either a utility bill, a car registration, or a lease. What happens if you rent a room from a family member? What happens if you, mm. et cetera, et cetera? Like a lot of times low-income people are barred from getting guns for no good reason other than that they're low-income. You know what's crazy? You would make a great pro-gun lobbyist. Isn't that wild? Because you do know politics. Yeah. You definitely know guns. And you know these gray areas. So so if I was if I was Glock, I would say I'd rather I'd rather hire you than Tony McBride because she's she's got baggage. Conservatives would love that, wouldn't they? Like a masculine lesbian yes. um, who uses uh, who, who who puts pronouns in her Twitter bio and shit. What are your pronouns? <laughs> Do you have pronouns in there? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I have my pronouns in my Twitter bio, but that's, that's just what I'm saying. But like a masculine would, leftist lesbian. Because first of all, they could say, "Hey, we're we're inclusive. Uh, we're not so bad." Yeah. No, you are bad. But would you take that job as a as a gun lobbyist? Would you be a lobbyist for a brand that you enjoyed, so that some of these racist laws could be fixed? If I thought that that was the if if I thought that that was the motivation behind it, then I might take that job. But I know for a fact that that would not be the motivation behind it, Tony. Well, the motivation is they just want to sell more guns. Yeah. But that's what you do at the store. That is what I do at the store. So yeah. so there's no. But I I mean the reason that I really took that job is to learn. That's a it's a you know you know when I when I walked in there actually, I've been to other gun stores right. Uh huh. And I'm not gonna name the gun store that I work for or Walmart. anything, but. Walmart, no. Um, Aren't they the biggest gun store in the world? Not anymore. They don't. They don't sell guns, especially in California. I don't think they, they stopped doing that. I don't. I don't know if California Walmart sell guns at all. In Good. Um, but um, when I walked into that store, Tony, and I've been to, to other gun stores, and the, the vibe has been standoffish and like very like pro cop and whatever. Yeah. I walked into that gun store, and first of all, the walls are lined with all kinds of stuff, like guns, yes, but also like collectibles and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I grew up in a small town in Connecticut that's like the antiques capital oh. of the Northeast. Uh -huh. And it's so antiques are right up my alley. So I walked <laughs> in the store, there's a big like now hiring sign. And I'm, I've been on employment for a while, on unemployment for a while. And it's yeah. the first time in my life that I've been on unemployment is the pandemic. Yeah. So I walk into the store looking for a specific gun. And 
guy behind the counter, super cool to me, helps me out, whatever. And then he's like, okay, uh, for the rest of the transaction, I'm going to pass you off to my associate here. And then he says to the guy, he's like, oh, she's going to buy X, Y, Z. And then he turns to me and he goes, I'm so sorry. What are your pronouns? <gasps> and I was like, well, would you look at that? Wow. How this is, this about is in, that? This is in what part of town? The, uh, well, if I told you what part of town, oh, I would give then it wait, away. No. I am so impressed. Yeah, I was impressed too. LA's okay, huh? LA's not bad. And and you know what? A lot of the guys that I work you know, I work with a couple of guys that are like mm, NRA and there's one guy that like listens to conservative talk radio in the back all day. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the guys I work for, their political beliefs are a lot more nuanced and, and a lot more, you know, there's a couple libertarians, there's a couple leftists working at the gun store. How about that? How about that? Including myself. And and they do it for the same reason you do for the most part, which is we believe in guns and everybody should have them. Who wants them? It's not that I believe that everybody should have them. It's that I believe if the cops are going to have them, then I sure as hell am. There you go. You know what? I don't. What I don't want is a world where the conservatives and the cops are the only ones with guns. Let's just wrap up with this. Okay. Because there's so many last questions I could ask you. We can, we can go any direction you want. This is what I want. Yeah. When was the first time that you were with a woman? Stop. That you knew. I love women. Not no, that they're I just mean, cute. I no, I, I told you. At Look, 13, I you knew? knew? Oh, even before that. It was that. just... I knew way Who? before that. I knew when I was in elementary school. You did? That I, I was like, if, I, if only I could marry a woman, I could be happy for the rest of my life. In elementary school, you, heard, you knew this. I did. Who was your celebrity crush in elementary school? Did you have so one? So many. Beyonce, Britney Spears. Yeah. Yeah. I was, well, I grew up in, um, I was born in, in 87, so I grew up in the, you know, 90s and 2000s, and the uh-huh. early 2000s was like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. Did you go see uh, uh, Beyonce? Oh, no, not recently, no. No, not when she was here. Would you be... I did see Destiny's Child when I was a kid, though, and that... Christina Aguilera, yeah. I love Christina. Mm. Who doesn't love Christina? Was that the Dirty Tour? Uh, I think it honestly was before that. I think it was like the come on over baby. Wow. Yeah. Did you see her at the Hollywood Bowl a couple of years ago? Mm-mm, no. Would you be Britney Spears's bodyguard? Would I be Britney Spears's bodyguard? If she wanted me to, hell yeah. I, I love I, Britney Spears. I feel Britney like she's a gay icon too, because she's not gay, but like gays love Britney. Why? We love Britney. But, but you know what is why? it about you her? You know why? Because, um, because she has received so much judgment so much judgment over the course of the, her life from the time that she was a kid and she was just trying to do what she loved. Yeah. She was just trying to live her truth. Right. And she has received nothing but judgment. And and despite the fact that she is an icon and she has such a career and such a body of work and people will still shit on Britney Spears. Yeah. Fuck the haters. Uh, Kylie Minogue was at uh, Pride recently. Yeah. I didn't know that she was a gay icon. 
Honestly, neither did I. Oh, okay. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I knew that she, I know, I know that, the, you know, I, I actually do. I know that she's gay. I can, but I've never been that, you know, I, I've never given that as much. So, as so you saw Britney Spears on MTV and Destiny's Child and you're like, you were like how boys probably were. To For sure, them. I had I would cut magazine out magazines and 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 like I had dudes on my wall as well. Cisco, I had Cisco really? on my wall. Yeah, I had yeah. Um, Wait, what? Oh, uh, Brian fl- Latrell from the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I don't know him. Which uh, one was he? He's one of the leads. One of the leads of the Backstreet Boys. What kind not of hair? Nick, did- not Nick Carter, but he had like kind of blondish hair that like sat close to his head, okay. very cropped. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. What other boys did you have on your wall? You, any athletes? Uh, I think Tyrese I had on my wall, probably. I don't think I really, I um, I didn't lust over athletes in that way. Yeah. I was an athlete, and I yeah. liked, you know, I liked So just athletes. the traditional pop stars. Yeah, pop stars. I was, yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so, so when we, okay. When people talk about trans people, yeah. And they're like, kids don't know. You're here to say kids do know. Oh, kids know. I used to, and, and and again, I don't like to put myself in a box, and I'm obviously like, I don't consider myself trans. Right. But when I was a little kid, I was like, I, I wish I was a boy. God, and, and, I wish I was a boy and, and, so badly. And, and, and I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean that, that gay people are trans. No, 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 I what, what I'm saying is, Kids know their preferences. Yes. They know what they like. They know what it gets them excited at a way younger age than than we Give them maybe feel it. comfortable with. Yeah. We don't want to think that this nine-year-old <laughs> has a crush on Britney Spears. Well, because we also are adults and we know that people change their minds about things. And we as adults have changed our minds about things over the course of our lives. Yes. But that doesn't mean that a kid doesn't know necessarily what is what they want or what is right for them. Yeah. Maybe I maybe a kid doesn't necessarily know what's right for them all the time, but kids know what they want and kids know who they are. Mm-hmm. I think I knew who I was when I was a kid, probably better than I know who I am as an adult because when you're a kid, you don't have like it's before you have decades of the rest of the world telling you who you're supposed to be. Right. You know? Right. So I probably knew myself better as a kid than I do as an adult, man. I love it. Okay, let's finish with this then. Uh. People City Council. Mm. You helped found it. I did. What? Uh, what? Uh, ra- uh, uh, what? What's the word? Uh, radicalized you into wanting to be part of People City Council? What radicalized me? Was Was there a moment? For example, William from Film the Police saw sheriffs being violent towards a black kid yeah during a black lives matter rally and he's like that's it fuck the police was it was it a a big moment or what did did it build to you wanting to be i think it i think it it built you know one of my first organizing experiences in la was with um kenneth mejia's congressional campaigns which were green party campaigns which i really you know i i had previously organized with democrat are we happy with kenneth now that he's in office um has he let you down I, I, I wouldn't say he's let me down at all, but... Um, he's hung in there, huh? He's hung in there. Um, there's definitely, you know, ideologically, I think he's, he's, he's putting it out there and he's speaking his mind and he's putting out the data in a way that 
supports the ideology. Yep. Um, do I think that do I think that his office is achieving a specific goal? Not yet. Maybe not yet. Well, it's, it's, yet. it's, 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 but it's, it's early. Yeah. It's early. And I, and I, you know, Kenneth's a personal friend. Oh, and, is he? And so I have, I have a lot of faith. Um, Do you guys work out together? We have in the past. Because he's a buff MF. Buff dude. He also used to be a personal trainer. Did you know that? It does not surprise me yeah, seeing he used those to guns. Be a personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before he was an accountant. So there wasn't, there wasn't a big moment. So you had been around activists and alternatives. Yeah. I say alternative because it's not Democrat. It's not Republican. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the thing is, I don't even, I, I don't even think I considered, there was never a point where I considered myself as having been radicalized, you know? Right. I don't even necessarily consider myself to be that radical. Although if you compare me to any politician out there, I guess I am. Right. Um, my problem is, well, well I, I guess I probably have a problem with authority in general. <laughs> um, but my problem is, my problem is that when people get into office or people get into a position of power like the police mm -hmm. or something like that, or even people who are in the military, which is not really a position of power, but it is, it is a, it is a position where people are afforded an additional level of respect and an additional level of deference and they become used to that mm. they become used to an additional level of respect and deference above what the average citizen has or enjoys yes and that bothers me yes that bothers me because these are people these are people who we employ right in fact um and it's fine if you want to treat them with an, with additional respect because they have a hard job. However, when they come to expect that, when they come to expect deference from the average citizen and uh, and more respect than what they give, yes, to the people who are coming to city hall to speak to them, that's where I have a big problem. And Yes, my, my ideals, if you look at me on any of the issues that you would grill a politician on, yes, my ideals are, are to the left of them, certainly, generally. Some people will argue the gun thing all day, but whatever. But what it comes down to for me and the, why people say I'm a radical is because I treat politicians and police like they deserve to be treated. If you are being a jerk, yep. I'm going to treat you like a jerk. If you are out there playing dumb, I am going to treat you like you're dumb. I love it. And they hate that, Tony. They hate it so much. Um, hold on. What time is it? We yep. got to go. We do. You have been fantastic. I will be on again if you want. I, 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 I want to have repeat guests. Lovely. I don't know if I can, though. Well... We'll figure it you out. You have a lot of people to talk to. I do. You do. I do. Well, I'm so grateful to have talked to you today. Thank you so much. I'm great, grateful to have been here. Thank you for the burgers, the beer, and the baby puppy. Thank you, Tony. Yay. Bye. See ya. How great was Sabrina? You know who we'd hang out with in Koreatown? 
our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, are you saying it's Tony's birthday right around the corner? Here's some cash. Get a lap dance or something. You seem a little pent up. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rollman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinke, Ben Welsh, Jen Adams, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, Dougie Gyro, Christina Up North, Robin Carey, Adam Shorn, Ben from Down Under, Chris from the ATX, Gregor, and Phil Stark. To be a Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. We, uh, we, put, we put some things up on uh, Patreon from time to time, uh, just as a thank you. Uh, Want to support us, but you bought a gun store and you kicked everybody out? You can still help. Post your favorite episodes on your Facebook. Oh, post two. If you post two, if you, if, if you post two, you might be the first person who's posted two this year. So, post two. Tweet something nice about us. Anytime you see me tweet about an episode, retweet it, and for God's sake, tell your friends. Tell them how Here in L.A. is spelled, and it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and even Spotify. Here in L.A. is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who plays bluegrass every Tuesday night in Atwater, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, <laughs> missing, editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and lovely souls everywhere like Sabrina Johnson. Keep, Keep fighting, fighting the good, good fight. fight.